He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <laughs> It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 55 of A Good Talk Spoiled. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined this week with Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. How's it going? Not too bad. Look, uh, thanks again, everybody, for getting in contact with the show. If you want to send any tweets or emails to us, the Twitter handle is at podcastgts and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Starting where we always start, Barry, you were I playing. I was away at the weekend, and I was at a stag in Manchester, so there was absolutely zero golf for me. So. Zero golf. Uh, no, I played, played on Saturday. It was uh, very windy. Uh, nothing remarkable of note happened to my game. Couldn't putt for the day. Couldn't hold any putts. So. Um, but one interesting, my dad got some new clubs. Uh, he got them fitted by the um, a company out in Killeen Castle called Four Golf and uh, when I, I went out with him when he was getting it done I got talking to them out there so uh, we are going to be going out there yourself and myself on Monday to go through the whole fitting process with them and you know what services they offer to golfers and we're going to have a piece with them on the show hopefully next week uh, all going well and if not it'll be in the next couple of weeks so it'll be uh, yeah I'm looking forward to that because uh, they're going to see because I was custom fitted this time last year mm. uh, by Titleist and I have all the certificates and everything with the loft and the lies and all the rest so they're going to have a look at that and see is the and accuracy of it yeah. uh, see if there's anything that they can help in terms of changing any bits and kind of customising it seems that they customise kind of from the short to the long irons individually so some might be slightly different Rather than just taking a broad sweep, so it will be interesting yeah, to see yeah. what they, they uh, these, have to these say. guys are pretty spectacular. They've got club making, club building awards for many years going back now. So um, your dad he, picked up his golf clubs. He did um, put and them in play. He, uh, put them in play for the first time, and I believe that uh, he certainly played pretty nicely for the first time with them. Yeah, but yeah. The errors weren't as bad as usual. No, no. Uh, one, I think he had one bad shot, but you know, though he was trying to hit. Uh, kind of knocked down shot into the wind and it didn't execute it well but other than that there were a lot of shots that sounded very good ball coming out of the middle of the club and um, it can only get better from what I can see you know as he as he gets more and more used to them I, anyone knows when you get new clubs it does take a little bit of adjustment time but uh, it certainly helps to have them perfectly fit for his swing And so. it's also nice though when you do get something that they, they do out of the box nearly work fairly well that you're not yeah. kind of going oh I really wish period? I just had the other ones now so it's nice if you're hitting them and striking them well even if you're not scoring there's something to be said of oh yes, yeah this was a good, good decision yeah it was a, it was a tough I mean the reason none of us really scored well that day it was very tough to put there was a lot of wind so the ball was moving quite a lot at the hole um, so anyway and next, that, next, that's the excuse you're sticking with well you. absolutely you have to have your excuses ready made for poor scores but uh, I'm looking forward to it's re- golf is really kind of getting going for us I mean in two weeks time we're back to full 18 hole competitions on the weekend so that's that's really our trigger for the season getting going and yeah, very soon and interestingly, and in, if anybody has seen this happening at their own golf clubs uh, over the last few weeks or be, in the past, uh, get in touch with us at Podcast GTS on the Twitter because interestingly, an email came in this week from the golf club to say that they were cutting people's mm-hmm. handicap 
even though they were non-qualifying events over the winter but people's results are such that they can justify it and uh it hasn't it's the first time i've seen it happen and i'm i'm surprised that it's only taken till now to do it because yeah. this guy's coming in with 38 39 40 points for 12 holes and you're well, no, kind not. of sitting there going what the hell well yeah little exaggeration but there, were, there, have, been, there have been a couple of 34s and 35s for 12 holes so um it should be noted we're all quite forward tees at the moment you know where the maybe where the ladies would tee off or the juniors would tee off on some holes and the rough is all cut back but Notwithstanding that, the conditions are generally quite you know difficult in the winter with wind and rain to deal with. So um, it's it's something that's been an issue in our club for many years and been talked about. So it's cool. It's cool to see them do something. Yeah. So if anybody has seen it at their own club or if they've been the victim of a uh, handicap <laughs> cup through the uh, winter uh, at podcast GTS, yeah. was it objective? Was it subjective? Uh, yeah. <laughs> let us know. Uh, are you still angry about it now? Um, the news this week is fairly light on on, on anything of, of significant interest. I suppose the most significant thing was we spoke about it last week. We had an inkling, or certainly there was a good rumour going around, that Darren Clark was going to be named captain of the European team for the next Ryder Cup in the United States. And as we thought the following day, it was confirmed that he is going to be. Hmm. I think it's a good decision. Um, I think it's the right call. Yeah, as we discussed last week, I mean, he's, he's got the kind of personality that'll just mesh into the media over there very well. So I think it's a good shout. Yeah, the other the other thing that's been an interesting development is people might not have seen this, but they have over in the US they've kind of discussed a little bit in more detail how their structure is going to work. And I suppose the two major interesting things is one. They have dubbed what they are now calling the Billy Horschel rule, which if listeners remember last year, Billy Horschel ended up winning, I think, the last two FedEx Cup uh, Mm -hmm. playoff events and and was really on scorching hot form. But because Tom Watson had already picked his wild cards prior to that, there was no chance that Billy Horschel could get in. They've now changed it to say that the top, uh, the eight players who will automatically qualify for the team will be named after the 2016 Barclays. That's the first event of the FedEx Cup. And then the following three of the captain's four picks will be selected after the BMW Championship, which is the third leg of the FedEx Cup. And the final pick, interestingly, and this is the major change, the final pick will not be announced or made until after the Tour Championship which obviously gives them mm. the opportunity to keep one back. Yeah, well they've they've kind of they've pushed three three, three picks back now to the after the BMW which is uh I think it's a really good move for them. It really helps them pick the players that are in the hottest form at that time in the closest proximity to the Ryder Cup itself. Um all we can hope for as Europeans is a really really close match and us to steal at the death again. Well, yeah, or just if if not that at least just another miracle of Medina would be great. Um, the other interesting comment that has come out and uh, there's been a bit of feedback on this is that the Ryder Cup points are not going to run with the lap over or the wrap around from 2015 through to 2016 what they're now saying is that uh, in 2015 only points for the Ryder Cup will be awarded for the four majors the four WGC events and the players championship and then from the 1st of January 2016, all of the PGA Tour events will then have um, points, Ryder Cup points being given. Phil Mickelson has come out this week and said that the reason for that is that simply 
you know, the, the, the bottom half of the PGA Tour players get a jump on the elites. They're obviously trying to just keep it to the top 50s. Well, yeah, and those are qualified teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, they're definitely trying to get the strongest team. They're, they're manipulating in a way that will get them the strongest team. And uh, I, think, I think they need to do it based on their recent record over the, la- the last few Ryder Cups. You know, they need to put all measures in place to get the best 12 out there. Yeah, it seems it's going to be the start of a few changes. I think this is going to be a continue, continuing theme over the mm. next few years. I wonder will they have a fish tank with kind of red, white and blue fish in it? They might just do that, Barry. Mm. They might, yeah. But uh, Darren Clark will probably just have pints of Guinness uh, in, <laughs> in blue and white for, for players. Um, that actually is all the news except for the very uh, interesting news this week that Jack Nicholas um, has launched his own ice cream in the US. Delicious. Um and give us a look. It uh it's 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 awful. It's uh it's the golden bear ice cream and do you want to know what flavours they have? Go because for it, these yeah. are some of the flavours that I could think of nothing worse than having. There's going to be chocolate peanut and butter swirl, coffee and donuts, warm spice butter pecan, triple chocolate, that's fair enough. Strawberry lemonade, don't have a problem. Salted caramel toffee, that's not too bad. I'm all over that. And the homemade vanilla. And the some of the proceeds, in fairness, are going to go to his foundation. So it is a good cause. But, okay. you know, he's building his golf clubs, he's, he's, he's designing his courses, and now he's in ice cream. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. he's just having a rival with Arnold Palmer because I think he has a, a many, drink over there. How many there. products going to have my name on? Well, I think Arnold Palmer has a drink over in America called the Arnold Palmer. It's that's a, just, yeah, a nice just, tea type thing. Yeah, so. it's a mix of two things. It's kind of a, yeah, it's not So really obviously Jack is like, hey, you know what? Ice cream, that's where the shit's yeah, at. Yeah, you got your iced tea, I got my ice cream. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Um, so that, that, is, that shows how poor the news is that, this week. Thank you for springing that on me. Um, <laughs> last week's tournaments, um, the LPGA... Uh, Lindy, uh, Lydia Ko won yet again and if my memory serves me right this is the Australian Open wasn't it? It was indeed from, um, from Royal Melbourne from Royal wonderful Melbourne wonderful golf course I didn't see any of this on TV and I'm not even sure if it was on TV Barry did you get to see any of this or was it just that you're no, I got aware the, of who won it? No I got the small little three four minute highlight clip package it's um, a bit of a shame um, I probably should have hunted down a show maybe one of those one hour highlight shows in Sky I'm not sure if they they've done that for this event like they do for the European Tour it'll be good to it's always good to see a bit of Royal Melbourne in in fact if anybody knows where we can watch LPGA get in contact with us at Podcast GTS because I wouldn't mind watching a bit more live some sneaky streams online uh, some maybe not so legal streaming online we'll worry about that bit but if yeah. anybody knows how to to where decent coverage like we use the likes of the LPGA website and stuff and they're very good they're very very prominent on Facebook and Twitter mm. they're constantly putting up stuff but you know sometimes you wouldn't mind sitting down and just watching a bit of it mm-hmm. but uh, we haven't been able to so um, especially if they're playing courses like Royal Melbourne you know it's a, it's a double win you know every, as, as a lot of pros will say you know amateurs should be watching the women's game to, to help them learn their own games and yeah even. absolutely so the world number one won it again and it's a, it's it's just a continuation of just an outstanding start to this season for for Lydia Cohen I think that we're probably going to be mentioning her name quite a lot over the next few uh, months over in the European tour <clears throat> they've just finished in the, Europe extended in Europe extended with the uh, Europe with the smallie but uh, they've just finished their kind of Malaysian kind of far little swing out there, swing out there. 
Um, and the Hero Indian Open was won by Lahari. Now, again, I probably just said that wrong, have I? I, I think it's Anirban Lahiri, but Lahiri. I could be very, Lahari, very wrong. Lahiri. Yeah. Um, this is a great story, though. He's in tour school last November, and he's now a winner on the European tour. Two-time winner in three weeks. Two-time winner, even. Uh, take, taking advantage of <clears> an <throat> uh, unfortunate final day collapse from SSP Charesia, who'd been uh, right up there. At Do you know what SSP stands for? No. No. She's ah, buried. The listeners are going to be... They're, they're going to flock away from us now. Super special putter. I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't too too much of that on the last day. The final day, 76. But um, look, we all know what... Uh, it's not easy to win. We saw Martin Keimer have a final day collapse there a couple of weeks... Uh, a few weeks back when he lost by 10... Or he had a 10-shot lead at one stage. So uh, this was won by Anurban Lahiri on the first playoff hole with a birdie, and uh, poor Czech Mr. Charesia must be a little bit sick this week after losing that lead in the final day. Um, but I mean, really, the one that we were interested in last week was the Northern Trust Open from Riviera. And that, yeah, I, this was this really had me hooked for the whole four days. I didn't see the four full days. I saw the last part of Sunday from kind of the turn of the back nine. Um, and it, it gripped me pretty quickly. But Barry, just uh, outline to the listeners what 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 did attract you over the four, four days? Was it the course? Was it the, the, the golf itself? Or was it just a combination of both? Um, well, yeah, primarily the course. Uh, I love I love Riviera. I think it's a wonderful golf course to to watch the players. Well, in this in this instance, struggle on. Uh, it was playing very difficult this year and. A lot of the players were coming in after the first and second round saying that it was playing almost like a major championship and the scoring certainly indicated that, uh, well, indicated that. Um, Sunday, Sunday was just amazing. There, there were just storylines flying all over the place. Uh, I mean, where to start? Uh, we had, it was, I thought it was a day of survival and near misses. You know, just Dustin Johnson had 107 yard wedge. Uh, on the 17th and he put that into the bunker and made a bogey there he then had a 10 footer on the 18th in regulation to post 7 under which would have won in the tournament he missed that um, Sergio yep. Garcia bogeyed 17 and 18 to miss the playoff by one uh, we're going to come back to talk about his disgusting swing with the driver on the 18th now in a few minutes Paul Casey left a par put short on 18 to post minus 7 Jordan Speed went for his chip in on 18 to try post minus 7. He didn't know minus 6 was going to make it. And then he missed about an 8-footer back to get uh, to post minus 6. But you've got to give him lots of respect for going for the win. You know, he, he just doesn't care about the money at this stage. But He's nobody wanted wins. the win, though. No, well, you know, it, I, seemed, it seemed to me that like not one person in the group that we're talking about mm-hmm. seemed to actually pull up their socks and say, do you know what? I'm going to post a number here and I'm yeah. going to do it. I think there's a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of history in that event in Riviera and what used to be the Los, the Los Angeles Open and it's held a US Open there back in 1948. Um, it's, I think the, it's one of the bigger events so far this year and I think that little pressure seemed to get to a lot of the guys. I mean, there were, there was loads of others in, in, uh, in the hunt. Uh, Keegan Bradley needed a birdie on 18 to get to minus six, would have got him in the playoff. Uh, Retief Houston, who was, doing great for a lot of the week lost five shots in a four hole stretch on the back nine he missed the playoff by two shots sang moon bay made three bogeys and no birdies on the back nine to miss the playoff by two but he did have two lip outs down the stretch 
Hideki Matsuyama was close without really having a chance to get into the playoff. But he, keep an eye on his form, everybody. He's gone tied third, tied third, tied second, and tied fourth his last four events. So there were so many people in and out of this, and it was just, it was a wonderful, exciting Sunday evening's TV. Well, I'm going to put it this way, because I had a few quid going on this, and I had a few quid at Dusty Johnson at 25 to 1 going down the stretch, but um, that was, sorry, 10 to 1, I should Mm. say, um, and I was hoping that he would be the guy to see it through. James Hahn, in fairness, in the playoff on the second hole, like the two lads lie between him and Dustin Johnson's lies were not great. This on the tenth, yeah, the, the drivable tenth, part they, four. You know, what they've, a hole! They've, 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 I think uh, Paul Casey hit the the metal three, and so did Dustin Johnson. It looked like the commentators are saying, "This is now Casey." You know, mm-hmm. if these guys, if either of those two guys can even get on the green, mm. this is a very very narrow green. Bunkers on both sides, and round the rock back, hard as well. Know, and they just. You need to go on and watch it on YouTube if you haven't seen it because it is something to behold yeah. what both Dustin Johnson and James Hahn did. Now, James Hahn held out by an awful lot further out than, uh, mm-hmm. than, than Dustin Johnson who failed. But it was just an incredible, incredible meltdown, in my view, by the chip shot of Paul Casey on the second playoff hole. He was looking down the very centre of the green mm. For a guy to leave it that short, oh, it was terrible. I mean, was that the pressure? Is that the pressure of expectation that he knew where they, where those guys were, that he was now the favourite, and that maybe that pressure weighed down him and made him uh, execute poorly. Well, perhaps that, like I, I don't know. I would have thought that these guys should be able to deal with that kind of pressure. Mm. Like it wasn't a difficult chip for him. Like he no. was all he had to do was bump it up to either either run along the ground. And let it roll up, or alternatively, you know, two, three bounces and checking and stopping by the hole to leave himself what 20, 25 foot easily, yeah, easily it was, it was that you know, effort. maybe even thirty feet. Like it was pretty poor with nothing yeah. in his way. Like no, it was there was, and there was a lot of green to work with. He was straight up the green. I mean, it was a right to left swing on the green, but I mean, there was nothing in the way. There was nothing to go over. It was it was very straightforward, as you say. And he should have been getting that within five or six foot at worst. At worst. Well, now. Go back before in regulation play. Sergio Garcia in front of the green in two. He's had an absolute mare with the driver. He's oh and basically duck hooked it this off is to another, the this, left. This is another one you need to YouTube. I mean, if you see his driver swing in slow motion, he, he I don't know. I, I can't describe it. So many things went wrong with it, but it, it, it looked like he was drunk and dizzy at the same time. Taking but the, the thing about Sergio, we, we were talking by the text over the course of the final day, and we were saying... The problem here is he is all over the place with the driver. Mm. On the back nine, he was getting up and down from some of the most outrageous locations. And he was still miles favourite to win this tournament. Yeah, he had a chip in birdie as well. And he hit, chip the, hit the pin at a serious rate of knots. And I thought, that's it. Like, he's going to go on. Yeah. This is this is this tournament is now made for him. But the very next hole, he goes and hits it far left. Mm. Then in the next hole, he hits it far right. But he's, he's made par on the one he goes far left, par on the one he goes far right. And you're just thinking to yourself, hold on a second, how on earth is this guy doing this? But his chip on 18, again, and all the commentators kept saying was, you need to be below the hole. Hmm. Well, he was definitely below the hole because he was 30-odd foot away from the hole. Yeah, it was was terrible. It was as bad an 18th hole as I've seen any amateur at times play. Like, Hmm. 
it was so poor that I think people should go on if they're having a bad day on the golf course when you get <laughs> off have a look at it but what I've taken from that is and okay it's early season and you know a few weeks and blah 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 if his chipping and putting wasn't good at the weekend he'd have been nowhere close to even making the cut no. his his play was so poor up to that point yeah and that to me is not a swing that's going to win a major at all if he can't deal with the pressure in Riviera in let's face it not even a, a top top first tier PGA Tour event there wasn't a you know not the big names weren't there Honda Classic next week we'll come on to but mm. there is the big 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 names have now come back yeah there's definitely question marks over him now I mean it was his first event over in the States um, in a while so you give him a little leeway and to be fair after the after the um, I think I said this in the piece with Steve Manford coming up but after the event he said look I didn't have my A game I didn't deserve to win and yeah that's quite candid and would probably help him just wipe the site clean and start again you know next time he tees it up Retief um, Goosen what a mare, 75 on the last day. Uh, Vijay Singh, it was like, it was like the old OAPs of, of the, uh, of the tour at one stage, because Jim Furyk was up there. We had Vijay Singh up there, and we had Retief Goosen up there, and you're kind of thinking, geez, mm. you know, is this the seniors tour I'm watching at the moment? And do you know what well, I mean? Uh, it just, all that reminded me of when they all fell away was Bobby's rule about majors that don't back anyone over 40, they won't win. And this one did play very like a major championship and I saw them all fall away. And do you know what? There's Bobby's rule kicking in again, you know? Um, well, so like those, those guys, they're, they're all phenomenal golfers and when, you know, VJ will, he'll just nip back to the seniors tour whenever he wants and win a couple of events because he's just that much younger, that much longer. Than, than the rest of them it'll just be him and Langer what I would say we're going to wrap it up at this point because it's it's now in the past but what I what I very much enjoyed was this is the first tournament that I've really gotten into even on the Sunday mm. that has made me kind of whet the appetite now for the next few weeks like this week the Honda Classic and we'll come on to it but it's it's now, in my view, the proper start of the season in golf. Yeah, it's got, so, uh, you've got the WGC on the horizon in a couple of weeks as well. It really is going. And I think the course played a huge part in, in this, in creating the drama that was there in the weekend. This week, we are honoured again um, to have a very good friend of the show, uh, Steve Bamford, on from golfbettingsystem.co.uk who was on a couple of weeks ago looking at a kind of a preview of the season ahead and giving us his own views as to kind of the runners and riders that he thought. We, through the golf betting system, and you would have heard it a few weeks ago, he does a lot of predicting of who he thinks is going to be, and you can use his generator. Mm-hmm. But it's very much focused on betting. Mm. And the one thing that I'm not particularly okay with is all the different types of betting. You're much more experienced at it than I am. And interestingly, it was nice for Steve, who knows it much better than even you. Oh yeah, to sit uh, by down, a long way. Uh, to sit down with you yesterday and have a, a, a very in-depth conversation about all types of bet types, strategies, what he would look at, how he does it, mm. what kind of markets he uses, and uh, really just gives us the terminology and kind of an explanation of the terminology. So uh, we just want to again thank Steve Bamford for it because he was so good the last time that this is. I've heard this already. It's a riveting interview. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so we're going to play about a 25-minute piece of it, and then the, the whole thing went on for about an hour. So we're going to put that up as a completely separate um, downloadable episode as well. So uh, listen, I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll be back after the interview. 
This week we have a special feature on golf betting. Uh, we're delighted to be joined again by Steve Bamford of golfbettingsystem.co.uk, who, if you remember, was with us in week 50 for our 2015 major preview. Steve, welcome back to A Good Talk Spoiled. Hi, Barry. Uh, hi, listeners. How are we? Um, so, we, after a little back and forth on email, we decided to uh, podcast on talking through betting types and betting on golf and who better than to get somebody who does it professionally for a living. So maybe we just kick off with kind of the, the simple, straightforward win bets, I think. We'll start, start at the very top of the market where most people will see. Um, when, when would you kind of approach or when would you just be going straight for a win bet? I've, I've never heard golf betting and the word straightforward linked together. <laughs> if, if, only, if only that was the case, eh? Win only. Win only. Um, tend to, I mean, the, we're getting into the realms of Tiger Woods domination now from Rory McIlroy, aren't we? So there, there was a period of time back in 2007, 2008, even 2009 when when Woods was going off at two to one, three to one, and everyone was piling on win only and, and making a lot of money from it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Rory now and uh, the prices he's been going off at this season. Um, four to one on offer at PJ National this week is is actually quite a big price compared to what he was going off going off at at uh, Dubai a couple of weeks ago. But the the thing with win only is it, you know it's basically the wrong wrong seal moment, isn't it? You know it says what it does on the tin. Um, obviously a win only bet, which in general when you've got fields of 144, 156 players, isn't that easy a feat to to actually perform. A um, couple of things to point out, and I'm going to I'm going to mention go, uh, I'm going to mention bookmakers as we go through this because um, it's interesting. We've been doing a lot of analysis, or I've been doing a lot of analysis and reviews for the website recently, Golf Bank System. And one of the things that we've added within, the, in fact, we actually added it as of last week. Um, we've got a suite on there of, of basically of golf betting reviews, all to do with bookmakers. If you go to golfbettingsystem.co.uk homepage, there's a navigation bar across across the top of the homepage. Top right corner, you'll see betting reviews. And what we pull together is, and we've still got a few to uh, complete, is we're pulling together detailed betting reviews across all of the big online bookmakers covering as you would have thought, golf betting. Because there's so many intricacies, Barry, about certain firms do certain things, other firms don't. And mm. if you actually look at, uh, look at it as a, as a landscape, you, can, you know, you're certainly better off doing certain bets with certain bookmakers. Now, win only, for example, you can actually now do enhanced win only bets with two bookmaker firms, one being Stan James, and Coral have also entered into that market in 2015. So Stan James were the only bookmaker that used to do enhanced win-only um, market. They've now been joined by Coral. Uh, and if I actually look at the odds on my screen right now, Coral are quite uh, are beating uh, Stan James win-only on quite a lot of players in this week's Honda Classic. Okay, and just for any listeners who don't know what an enhanced win-only is, that the, the odds are a little higher than they would be if somebody was backing that player each way. Yeah, exactly. Effectively, it's a separate market away from the outright market. So I can go outright with any bookmaker that I choose to. But mm. with these guys, they actually offer an enhanced win-only market. 
So effectively, you couldn't put an each way bet on if you tried. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I actually look at the moment, Rory McIlroy four to one across a number of firms. You're getting forty one to ten with Stan Chape. So they've eaten it up a one point one of a decimal point. Well, it's very generous. Players, and I, I know Keegan Bradley's quite popular at the moment. Yeah, um, he's he's been well tipped up this week, including myself. Mm, yeah, he's been he's been looking looking good the last few weeks. Yeah, he's, he's cutting out those errors, isn't he? I like the way that his, his bogeys, his, you know, the amount of bogeys he's been accruing are going down. His ball striking's back to his best. And actually, that short putter's starting to work a bit better. So somewhere like PGA National, and I don't know if you've seen the weather forecast, I know we're going off topic, it looks absolutely horrid this week. Yeah. Rain, thunderstorms, it's gusting up to 30 miles an hour. Someone like Keegan Bradley, he looks absolutely perfect uh, this mm. week over on the Classic. But anyway, he's 30 to 1 with Coral, enhanced with only right now. A lot of bookmakers, you probably find he's as short as 20 to 1 now. Because he's, he's, been, he's, been, he's been very popular this week. Yeah, down to 20 to 1. Yeah, he's 20, just look at Paddy Power here, he's 25 to 1. So yeah, you get quite a big range of prices between the bookmakers. I guess we're going to talk about that a little later on in the show. So. With the win only, then you're going to have to be going to really confident about the guy you're backing. Like this is, he's definitely going to do it this week. And and so yeah. outside of like your Rory's and your Tigers, when they're really on fire, the the real bet we're looking at, or the general main bet for punters, is the the each way bet each week. Then absolutely, yeah. Each way, so effectively, it's two bets. There's there's one bet goes on the win, mm. and there's a second bet that goes on the place. Now, um. Most standard bookmakers will offer you um, up to five places each way a quarter odds. On top of that, you do get the odd bookmaker that pushes that out to six. I know that Paddy Power have done that this week for the Honda Classic. They've actually done it for the last seven weeks consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's a Paddy Power forte of theirs. Um, Coral have also off started offering six places each way. Um, recently, it, um, it doesn't get overly advertised, but you, if you go onto the Coral website now, you can actually choose a five places each way or a six places each way market. Of course, the odds get slightly reduced, but if you're punting on a player like I don't know, um, uh, I'm picking one out out of the ether, Eric Compton this week. I'm tipping up Eric Compton at the Honda Classic. He's 250 to 1, six places each way with Coral this week. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at his price on Paddy Power, he's 200 to 1 each way. And this is, this is what I say. You know, if you're, if you're going to be a regular gold better or punter, you really do need a range of accounts to maximise your chances of profit. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. The other thing to mention about each way betting, Barry, as, as you well know, I don't know if you know, we're going to have an experienced uh, gold uh, punters out there listening. At the major championships, some of the bookmakers offer better than standard five places each way. Mm-hmm. So Paddy Power more than likely will go six places each way at the Masters in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, the only other bookmaker that goes six places each way at the at the uh, Masters is also Stan James. And you'll be surprised they're not. You know, just because they go six places each way, there's often you, you'll find they actually has some very competitive prices that match off mm. the other bookmakers that have gone five each way. So that's something of note. But when you get to the full field majors, because obviously the Masters tends to be about 100 players, when you get to the US Open, Open Championship, also the US PGA Championship, 
you will get a lot of bookmakers going six places and even some will go to seven and for the Open Championship some will even go to eight places each way yeah it was a Betfair Sportsbook did that last year eight places I think it was tricky enough to get it though you probably had to jump through several hoops and a few rings of fire as well to make sure you got it but and um, yeah. it's it's always something that's bugged me about golf betting. You know, you're, you're looking at a field of 140, 150 players, and in general, the standard is five places. Whereas if you take a sport like horse racing, you could get 25, 30 percent of the field is paid as a place. Now sometimes it'll be five, you know, one fifth yards instead of one quarter of the odds. But it seems like we're as golf punters, we're a little bit hard done by in terms of getting a place. And you kind of hope you'd get ten places if. If, if all things being equal or even more well yeah this is, this is very true I mean you look at the Grand National uh, there's certain I know Ben Victor uh, this is one of their main uh, uh, this is their, one of their main uh, ways of buying customers or grabbing customers they go six places each way at the mm. Grand National that's uh, a lot 40, 40, 40 horse race that's yeah what's that 15 percent yeah, so, so if you're if you're talking in a real golf tournament that'd be close to Whatever, 18, 19 places. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I think traditionally um, golf betting in terms of the margin that the bookmakers have as a target, they obviously have, they're not overly comfortable giving out value. That's, that's what makes Paddy Power uh, quite an attractive book, really, because I mean, I'm just looking again at Honda Classic right now on my screen. If you're backing Dustin Johnson this week or Justin Rose, you're getting market-leading price. Mm. You're getting six places each way. Now, you can't really beat that, can you? No, no, not at all. And it's uh, it's certainly very attractive. And they do, and, you know, Paddy Power, they, they really have taken leaps and bounds ahead. And in my mind, and not being as in deep with all the bookmakers as you are, but in my mind, as a, as a company to bet on golf with, they seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve. And... Um, their 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 extra place most weeks is really attractive, and I think that's they'll get a, they get a lot of punters in because of that. They do. I'm I'm pretty certain they do. Should we move on? Top five, top ten, top twenty. Yeah, yeah. This this is an interesting one for me. I, I historically I'd say I've maybe put two or three bets on the on this mark on these markets ever. I mean, so talk us through. Would you ever go for these markets yourself, or when would you ever consider? backing a golfer in one of these markets? Going from experience and going from, you know, um, golf, golf betting system, obviously the website, um, we've got a Facebook group, we've got about 2,700 golf punters on there. Um, I know that you're one of them. You're obviously second in the punters league at the moment, but anyway, I won't go down that route. <laughs> Thanks for the... the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were first, now you're second. I know, I know. I need to go find another long shot winner, a long odds winner yeah. to leap, yeah. leapfrog the... My usurper. <laughs> you, you know, there's a feeling out there, and it's, it's fascinating the, the hundreds of different strategies that people use on there. You know, you get guys on there that complain when I tip up a 40 to 1 shot saying there's no value in it because they're backing someone at 850 to 1 on Betfair Exchange. Mm. Uh, and you go to the other extreme, you get guys on there, regular golf punters that back top 5, top 10, top 20. And they're, they're prepared to take far reduced odds, but use big stakes. And, and that's kind of where a lot of this place betting um, comes from. You, you can look at it two ways. You can either go for big stakes and get kind of 
uh, far smaller returns but a, a bigger probability of a return. Mm -hmm. Or you can go down the route of saying, well, Eric Compton, Steve's tipped him up at 250 to 1 this week to win the uh, Honda Classic. I don't fancy that. Um, I'm only getting five places each way with my bookmaker, or I could get six with Coral or Lap Paddy Power. Mm -hmm. But I do fancy him this week because he's 22 to 1 to finish top 10. Yeah, and that's a, that's a quite an attractive price for somebody you don't fancy to to have those extra couple of shots and to get up to the around the top spot or the top five for you know for the well, each way. Yeah, we, we all know golfers that traditionally don't win. Mm. Um, Eric, you know, yeah, not picking on specific players, but there are a lot of players out there. That Charles Howell, perfect. Don't, don't deliver. Charles Howell the third. Yeah, there's one potentially. Now, you might be prepared to take a place on him this week. I, I know, you know, Howell, I had a close look at him. He, he goes well on Florida golf courses. So, you know, you kind of know that when, when push comes to shove, he's likely mm. not to finish in the top. It, he's, not, he's not going to win. And as we go, and this is the thing that complicates matters with each way betting, it's obviously you're getting five places and six places. But in golf, you get a lot of tied places. Mm -hmm. So, effectively, you can get... Uh, you can get ten players finishing in the top, uh, finishing tied for tied for fourth. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you you get you your odds start be, uh, be getting reductions against them, and that's the difficulty with golf betting in terms of each way betting. But it's also the case with place betting. So if you've gone for a top ten bet, and actually there are fourteen players that mm. have finished tied ninth or better. You're going to get your odds, or you're going to get reductions based upon your bets. Now that that's just golf betting, and, and yeah, yeah, that harks back to the, what you just said, James, about oh sorry, Barry, about um, about the fact that you know there's a, there's margin in it for bookmakers. One thing that goes against that is sporting bet, and they're an they're a very very good um, book online bookmaker. For, for place betting, top five, top ten betting, because they pay out fully in ties that's or a, on ties. That's a huge thing. There's nothing worse than a sucker punch of seeing your place get tied. Because, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good. That's a, well well done to Sporting Bet, and hopefully other bookmakers might follow that. See if they see them getting an edge in the market by taking more punters because of it. Back in the day, Paul and I religiously. Um, we used to do a feature that was basically we'd pick out three players on a European Tour and PGA Tour event that were five to one or more. Mm -hmm. Back then, we used to highlight a, a bookmaker called Extra Bet who are no longer with us, but they would religiously play pay out on ties for top twenty bets. And the strike weight strike rate that we actually pulled together was really strong because effectively, if you did the mathematics, if you one of the three actually placed, you were making money. And there's all these kind of intricacies, but yes, yeah, sporting bet, the fact that they actually pay fully on top five, top ten for ties is really, really strong. I mean, I'll, again, I'm looking here at the live market. Player like Paul Casey can be very popular this week, second last week. You can get four to one with bet 365. Um, you can also get four to one with sporting bet. This is top ten. Mm. And you know the fact that you're getting paid on ties with sporting bet, so, you know, if you had both accounts, there's no doubt that you'd put your belt on the sporting bet. Absolutely, no brainer. Okay, that's that's good to kind of get an understanding of when, when it's when we just, you take on the top five, top ten, and top twenty, as opposed to just a, 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 an each way bet on a golfer. 
Okay, let's. I, I think I, I've always said uh, the match bets are interesting to me because sometimes it, the, these are just no brainers, even though the golfers are odds on. Do you, do you ever take on match bets, or you know, would you do an accumulator of one or two match bets on like a given round? I've played in the uh, I've played in the match bets market on occasion. I, I tend to find that it, it can work very well in the early in tournaments early in the season when you've got players coming out of their winter slumber. And when you look at a player, certain players, you can just look at their history and you can see that it takes a long time for them to sort of get up to speed. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're betting on an event like I don't know the Hyundai Tournament of Champions, which is the first event of the of every um, calendar year, or something like the Sony Open, and you know there's a player there that traditionally starts sluggishly, but he's a big name, you can sometimes pick matches, or you can even you can even pick um, round bets or effectively match bets where you can actually play him off against another player, and you're gonna you're gonna get a win out of it. Mm-hmm. So I actually should have clarified for any listeners who don't know what a match bet is. You basically you're picking one golfer versus another, um, in, 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 say for a given round, and if your golfer shoots a lower round than the other guy, you win your bet. And uh, well, this can extend to full tournament match bets, yeah. and um, so, some bookmakers do you know head to head match bets, or then they do mythical groups of three or six golfers as well, so you can pit your guy against a smaller group of golfers. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Barry, they do two to three balls, so effectively that's round betting, yeah? Mm. And they'll, they'll do that across rounds one to four. But then you can get match betting, and like you said, you can get mit- mythical match betting as well. Now, the odds compilers for these bookmakers aren't stupid. They, they, they rarely put a dud guy in a, in a mythical group or something like that. Yeah. They, they always pick guys that they know are going to be very close form-wise uh, uh, and, and, and golf course form-wise. You can you can pick up the pick up the odd you know um, mistake on there or, or someone that you know if you're very confident on a particular player mm-hmm. that can be a little side side bet interest for you. Yeah, it's good. Kind of a little, little bit of fun to have throughout a tournament while you sweat your long your long term bets for the event. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, it's yeah. Like I said, I, I think I I played it last year on the, on Scott Stallings at Kapalua and you know I just did. It was the forecast was horrible and he wasn't playing great and he was in a match bet with some other guy I can't quite remember and, and, I, and I laid I, I, I bet um, for the other guy to win and, and he, it actually came off it, it can work for you there's no mm. doubt about that cool cool okay um, I, I think uh, in, in all the golf bets probably the most exciting ones for me are the doubles and the accumulators where you back a golfer in say two events like one on the PGA Tour and one on the European Tour so so this week would be the Joburg Open and the Honda Classic so yeah. and this one this one causes all sorts of confusion uh, all sorts of craziness to, to the point that you guys have a really excellent explanation page on your website yeah for listeners if they, if they type in golf betting or, or golf each way double explained into, into a search engine of their choice um <laughs> <laughs> Very they'll, diplomatic. They'll, I won't say the dreaded G word, but they'll they'll, um, they'll they'll come across our page mm. each way. Double explain. Now, there's two kinds of double, as as you know. There's a win the win double, which is really easy. Yeah, basically you're betting on both players to win. Mm-hmm. 
This used to be known as the transatlantic double. So oh, you to... pick one of the Euro. Yeah, yeah, I like that name. That's good. Yeah, and one obviously on the PGA Tour. Now, the fact that the European Tour is barely ever in Europe anymore kind of blew that one out of the wind. <laughs> but um, I know for a fact that win doubles, and, and you said earlier about when would you use win only betting, it tends to be quite popular. You know, the tournaments you get towards the end of the season, um, I'm thinking something like the Ned Bank Challenge. Mm. Or something like um, some some of the events they have out in Thailand at the end of the year. Um, the Aus- Australian Open's another good one. Tends to get a short price winner. Jordan Spieth won it this year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys. Now, if you look at the if you look at the odds of, of players that win these autumn stroke winter tournaments, they tend to be quite slow. Tend to be either low double digit or single digit. So if you can pick that across two tournaments, mm-hmm. a win double is absolutely perfect for that. Yeah. Very good. Nice. Nice. So I mean, I, I guess I, we probably could do. We need to explain the the confusion that arises when you do a uh, a double. So let's go with an example. Um, last week, say I had picked uh, James Hahn as the winner of the PGA Tour, and then my double was with SSP Cherasia. Now, some people might think, wow, I've got a winner and I've got a guy who's a place, so the, the win's going to multiply by the place, but that's not actually the case with uh, golf doubles, is it? Each way doubles. Uh, well, the win double, yes, obviously the win double, that's self-explanatory, but if we're, if we're talking each way doubles, mm. and that, that's, yeah, that, that, this, is, this is where it gets confusing. Um, I'm, I'm going to read from the actual page itself on our website. Before we, um, it's, it's worth pointing out that an each way bet is treated as two separate bets, and that's what you've got to bear in mind. Mm-hmm. An each way bet is, is one bet on a player to win, and another bet on him to finish in the top number of places. Now, that could be five or six, depending on where you're betting, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, this is what you're saying about James Hahn and about um, SSP Chowrasia. Now, you've got various scenarios, haven't you? So, scenario one would be both players to finish in the places two to five without any ties, okay? Now, on that basis, James Hahn and, obviously, SSP Chowrasia would have paid out last week because they both placed, yeah? Yep. Um, where it gets confusing for punters is, is where one of the players wins, i.e. James Hahn, and one of the other players only places. Now, they inevitably think, well, I've got a winner. So, you know, the returns are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Not because you're placing two bets. So the fact that James Hahn won is great, but the fact that SSSP, sorry, SSP Chow Rager, you could have picked an easy I'm so. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, fact that, the, the fact that SSP Chow Rager finished second means that that part of the bet, the win-only part of the bet, is actually null and void. Mm. Makes no difference that Johnny, both the guys have to win. Yeah. That's where the confusion comes because effectively, when one player wins and one player finishes in the places, a lot of guys out there think I'm in the I'm in the serious money. Yeah. But effectively, the only way that you know you're cracking open the champagne in an each way double scenario is is when both players actually win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a tough it's tough enough to pick one winner on a week, but uh, you know picking two or even three or four when you're including say an Asian tour event and an LPGA tour event. It becomes uh, an absolute lottery, and, and hence the stratospheric odds you get. But uh, certainly, you know, if, you, if, you, if your picks are in any way in the running throughout the weekend, it gets very exciting thinking about massive, uh, massive returns. But effectively, you know, 
effectively, if, you, if you'd have backed um, a, a 20 to 1 shot and a 40 to 1 shot, um, each way double, yeah? Mm -hmm. And they both win. If you'd have put £10 each way, that works out at £9,270. Those are the kind of returns that are up for grabs. And those aren't long odds, really, for in terms of golf betting. It's 20 and a 40. No, it's kind of mainstream, isn't it? Mm. It's, uh, you're getting a very good quality of player for 20 to 1 and 40 to 1. Yeah, so that, that's why these bets are so attractive. I mean, I have a, I have a couple of friends that, you know, they, they pool a few euro each week and they'll choose two or three golfers each on each of the tours and they'll do kind of very, very low stake each way cross doubles on all of the golfers. So they'll have like three golfers in Europe and three in the States and they'll do all the doubles on those for, I think it'll work out at 10 or 15 euro each a week for the two guys to do it. But it, yeah. it keeps you a little interest, and if you just hit one throughout the year, then you've covered yourself. Are they successful? Have they had success here? Yeah, success? They've, this year so far, actually, I'm pretty sure they're in profit. Yeah, so they've been picking up a few each ways along the way. Well, this is it. You know, Barry, the, the winners so far, apart from last week, have been very short-priced on both tours, mm -hmm. and that's where these kind of bets can be very profitable. Okay, well, uh, that was uh, the first of 25 minutes of the hour-long chat that I had with Steve yesterday, which was brilliant, and I could have talked to him for hours. <clears throat> if anybody wants to, they can download the full interview on a separate download. We'll have that up there this evening. And in that piece, we talk about laying golfers, cashing out, hedging, first-round leader bets, strategies, resources, and particularly the resources that come with Steve and Paul, uh, their website, golfbettingsystem.co.uk. So don't forget to get onto that. Give the guys a follow it's at Bamford Golf and at Golf Betting. And I'd also highly recommend getting onto the Facebook group, the Golf Betting System Facebook group, because that is just great fun, like I said on the show. So, um, listen, thanks again for that, Steve. And we will be having Steve back again for the majors previews well, yeah, and the he, Players' he, Championships. He gave a bit of an exclusive that he's signed up for he, five more this year. And he he's going to preview all the majors and the, the, the players. I blew the, he blew the lid off it, yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's fine. <laughs> which we're is now, great. No, we, we were he can't back out at this point. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> we've so got to tie it in. No, this is great. I mean, and you know, look, we love having Steve on, and we actually might win some money out of uh, our uh, our association with him and learning from him, which well, is look, which is good for our pockets. Let's have a look at next week's tournament, and let's see if we can put some of his uh, his expertise, or you guys can put mm. some of what he said into into practice. The Joburg Open is taking place. Uh, the European Tour kind of moves to the South African swing before he, they move back off to China before coming back into mainland Europe. But um, it's a it's a real second tier, with all due respect. Field, Alexander Nari Nareen is eleven to one. George Cotes twelve to one. Andy Sullivan sixteen to one. Uh, Gregory uh, Bordy is eighteen to one, and Thomas Aiken is twenty to one. It's not a great field in in the grander scheme of things, but it is going to be a potential um, tour card tour for card for somebody. Yeah. But it's certainly not going to be one that. Is going to set the world well, light. It's a it's a co-sanctioned event with the Sunshine Tour. So I mean, the the, uh, the South African guys generally do very well down here. So it's a long course, but it's at altitude. Um, the the Royal Johannesburg is a beautiful golf course. It's nice to see. We st you still won't get fully into it because the, the quality of the golfers isn't that high. The only thing is it it's now back on a normal time scale, so you can kind of yeah. pick it up during the days. We can uh, get when, your, yeah, when you're doing stuff. Your, hang your hangover golf. I have to say I'm absolutely, totally, and utterly disinterested compared to my interest yeah. in the Honda Classic. Um, 
this is now down to the Florida swing. So there's been a bit of a change in terms of the, the types of courses they're going to be playing. But uh, really the big boys are back. Uh, Rory McIlroy is back this week. He's at 7-2 to two favourite. It's interesting to see whether or not he can continue his good form over from Europe over to the States. Dustin Johnson, the near miss last week, 16-1. to one. Keegan Bradley, 22-1. to one. Justin Rose, 22-1. to one. Um, Sergio Garcia, 25-1. to one. If he can keep his driver going, that might not be a bad look. Ricky Fowler, 28-1. to one. Brooks Kopke. Kopka. Cupcake. Let's uh, go Cupcake. We'll call him Cupcake. Uh, thirty to one. Martin Keimer is thirty to one. I think Graham McDowell's making his first uh, appearance over in the US for quite some time on the thirty to one, and Lee Westwood thirty to one, and then you're down to your Ryan Palmer, Harris English, Patrick Reed, Graham Delette, Phil Mixon. Graham Delette will be interesting. Forty to one. He played pretty well last week. Just came up a bit short in the end. Ran out of pudding. Yeah, yeah. this this is a great field. It's like sixteen of the top twenty five in the world rankings. Um. It's gonna be it's gonna be a cracking event. Like we this, hope. There's, there's some players a bit, a bit on of carnage this. as well with yeah. the wind. There's some players on here that like you could make a case for, like Jason Duffner at eighty to one. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, you've got Victor de Buisson back sixty to one. San Moon Bay from last week look wouldn't look too bad at sixty to one. Billy Horschel fifty to one. Nick Watney who had a bad middle two rounds last week, but but kind of got it back together on Sunday fifty to one. Like. The field is deep and wide, and you could certainly see anybody, even out to the hundreds, hundred and fifties, you know, having a real chance. Yeah, this um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very tough to score this week. The wind is apparently up in Florida. They're they're of course playing at PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens, so it's a this is a par seventy course. So certainly, it, it, Steve pointed out that it helps to kind of keep an eye on guys who enjoy playing par seventies. And there's only two par fives in this course. Um, doesn't play too long. They've redone all the bunkering here. Um, it's it's going to be tough in that wind. It really is, and it helps if you can if you like putting on Bermuda grass as well. So these are a few little things that uh, Steve's been highlighting. The I think the great thing about this event is that three hole stretch called the Bear Trap. You know, the, this is like one of the toughest three hole stretches on tour, and it really um, it makes for some serious drama going down the stretch on Sunday if things are tight and. With that kind of quality of field, I hope it's going to be a tight event with lots of drama and no Mark Rowe talking over it. Yeah, well, hopefully the main guys are back on the, the commentary now that Rory and all the other main guys are back. Um, it's going to be an interesting tournament. To me, this is the start of really the, the golfing season in the States because this is now the run-up to the WGC. Then all of a sudden the WGC finishes mm-hmm. and before you know where we are in a blink of an eye we're at the Masters. So Six weeks till the Masters. Six weeks. And you know what Barry? Next week it's going to be five weeks. I know. Very you exciting. Know? Very exciting stuff. Every, every week when we do this podcast it's a week closer it's to the Masters. It's a countdown. Yeah, definitely. Um, so look, that just leaves me... Are you actually... just? Two seconds on this. Are you putting a bet on this week? I'm going to go with Keegan Bradley. Uh, I think he's showing a lot of good form recently. Uh, likes playing in the wind and... Uh, He's due a win, I think, at this stage with his new putter, the new short putter. He's looking good with it. Yeah, twenty-two to one. Um, I am going to do what I did last week, and I'm going to stay out of the pre-tournament betting, and I'm going to just have a look at what's happening on okay. Saturday, Sunday, and I might have, uh, if I'll forgo the sixties or seventies and see what what's around on Saturday, Sunday. Good stuff. Um, and and maybe pick up a few quid, which I did last week. Um, so look, that just leaves me to say again, thank you to Steve Bamford getting in contact with him through his Twitter handle and on his uh, website, golfbettingsystem.co.uk. 
well worth looking at. If you're going to have a bet, definitely look at that this week. He'll have a few uh, suggestions yeah. as well. Check out their predictor model on the website. That's uh, that that backs up all Steve's picks on the on their page. So uh, at Bamford Golf and at Golf Betting are the guys' Twitter. So and Facebook as well. That you were oh saying. the Facebook so, group too. Yeah. So look, that just leaves me to say thank you to all the listeners for listening and downloading. Without you doing it, we'd just be talking to ourselves. Uh, thank you, Barry, for all your input this week and sitting down with Steve. And uh, don't forget that there is an extended uh, interview with Steve Bamford, so do download that because yeah. it, it is well worth doing. You can fast forward the first half and we'll have told you what time yeah, we'll mark on the downline, uh, download so you can see it. So look, uh, thanks a million for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're back. Bye-bye.